Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense. Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Tuesday morning. Trust you had a wonderful weekend. And I hope we're broadcasting live on all of our platforms on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube, Facebook, and OmegaRadio.org. <clears throat> That's OmegaRadio.org. Uh, today we're going to have a, just a, a discussion maybe going in a different direction than where we have been <clears throat> recently. Um, and it's, I'd like to begin today, if you're tuned in, if you're listening right now, I'd like to begin with a word of prayer. So, Father, we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus for your grace. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Father, for your wisdom. We thank you for the plan and purpose that you have for our generation, those who believe in you through your son, Jesus Christ, and believe the gospel. Lord, we are here on this earth, and we need to hear from you, and we need to understand what your will is. And for those who have gone in the direction of becoming all that you have called us to be, Lord, we thank you today that you're going to shift things into a higher gear, that you're going to accelerate those of your children who are uh, seeking to go further with you, to go higher with you, that you're going to do it, and cause us to be able to walk upon this earth with the glory, with the light, with that divine nature, with that power, that strength, that wisdom that your son, Jesus, walked upon the earth with. And we are going to ask you, Holy Spirit, to instruct us through the word of God today and to bless every individual that's tuned in, in Jesus' name, 
Amen and amen. And there are people also out there that uh, we want to be mindful of, our dear friend Kathy Bruns, who has been struggling. Lord, we just want to lift her up as well and ask you to do a supernatural work in her body to heal her from the top of her head to the tips of her toes, that Kathy Bruns will be delivered in the name of Jesus, that her body would begin to respond to the anointing and to the divine touch of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And Lord, we ask you to raise her up and to strengthen her and to bring her all the way out. We declare a full recovery from her affliction in the name of Jesus that she's had to go go through. And we'll give you all the praise and we thank you for doing it. We also pray for our friend Daryl, Lord, who has uh, major back injuries. And we're asking you to, just with the touch of your finger, Lord God, to undo that affliction in him as well. In Jesus' name, for those who are heavy burdened today, those who are heavy laden today, those who are worried and concerned, Father, I ask that you would uh, bind all of that up right now and uh, allow it to be just without effectiveness uh, to to, uh, war or interfere with what you want to do in their lives or say in their lives. So in the name of Jesus, to every burdened heart, to every heart that is worried and concerned about the days that we're living in, in the name of Jesus, may the peace of God that passes all understanding right now begin to make contact with your soul, with your spirit, may your body come into rest as well, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for doing your great work in our lives. Amen and amen. I'm so glad that you prayed with me today, and I'm glad we had the opportunity to pray. Uh, The title of our message was To Be or Not to Be, and I was referring to vaccinations, of course. Should we be vaccinated or should we not be vaccinated? Uh, This is the question. And it's one question among many other questions that we're going to have to answer in the days that lie ahead and to the days that we're living in. And I believe there's only one way to come to a conclusion, uh, to find an answer for yourself and for me to find an answer for myself as to what to do. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. All right, so I'm going to spend a little time with those of you that uh, would be willing to just walk with me down this path today. And I want to move into uh, some Bible teaching. And I want to begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so if you have your Bible today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, And I want to begin in verse 17, because I I just, this is in my spirit, and I I want to deal with it, and I want to talk about it. And you may find that this conversation is uh, a bit deeper than where we have been on radio. We talk about this a lot. Um, But here's the very simple scripture I want to begin with today in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. And I want to put it on the screen because um, I want us to be able to get some definition along the way, is, let's see, let's go here. All right, let's see if we can pick it up. Okay, so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man, that means any human being, any person, male or female, forget about the gender, Now, again, I want you to focus on what it says, and I need to do this as well, okay, because this is directing a path. This is directing a journey. 
Um, and this is, it just runs deep, okay? And it should for those of us who have been born again. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, are you in Christ? Am I in Christ? Are we in him? We say yes. The answer is yes. Well, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, the word new is the kahinos, the kahinos, and it literally is referring to freshness. Um, It talks about the um, unworn, it's part of the definition, unworn, or a new kind, and that's the definition I really want to get into, okay, a new kind, an unprecedented or novel or uncommon or unheard of. Now, we know that Christ and the man Jesus that Paul wrote to Timothy about, the man Jesus, um, he came to this earth and he came with a nature that was altogether separated and different from the fallen nature of Adam. Do we agree with that? That Jesus had a divine nature. And he, if we stood and looked at him, if the whole human race looked at him, he would be a new kind. Uh, He would be an unprecedented nature, uh, novel and uncommon and unheard of in this world. And if you could visualize for just a moment the planet with all the people on it, and then God bringing out of heaven, literally like a raindrop coming down into heaven, he sent his son, okay? And we know that he came through the virgin womb of Mary. We accept that. Our faith allows us to believe that and go with that. And out of her womb came forth this being that was a new kind of creature, an unprecedented, novel, uncommon, unheard of. So to the world of Adam, okay, after the fall, kicked out of the garden on this earth, uh, another nature, a fallen nature, a human nature, a demonically inspired nature with fear and hate and murder. We see that at the beginning of time. So here is the world, and in the dispensation of the fullness of time, according to Galatians chapter 4, God sent his son. Okay, made of a woman, made under the law. So he came into the earth under those conditions at that time. And what we know is when he came out of the womb, he came out without the human nature, the Adamic human nature in him. We know that he was born in this world as a new, literally in Titus, it talks about being a new species, a new species. We also agree that that new species that Christ is, Jesus Christ came to this earth with a nature, a new nature, a new species, a new kind of, an uncommon, novel, unheard of before, divine nature in the world of man. We know that in 1 Corinthians 15, he came as a life giving spirit. He came as a life-giving spirit. Okay. 
So we're going to transcend some religious ideas here in just a moment, okay, about what this whole journey is of being a Christian. So we have God's only begotten son born into the earth in a divine nature, but he was made in the womb in a generation in the, under the conditions of being under the law. He was made of a woman, came into the earth. So we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If any man, that means if any human being on this earth, be in Christ. Now, how do you get into Christ? Okay. Uh, and that phrase there, to be in, literally refers to the word in, which means simply with or by or in. It's re- referring to a fixed position, okay, uh, a fixed place. So we're in Christ. If any man, any person be in Christ, what happens? He is a new, and that's where we got that word from, the uncommon, novel, unheard of, unprecedented, okay? He is a new creature, and the word creature is the tzitzis, the tzitzis with a silent K, and that word actually speaks of original formation. Now, think about it. New, and yet he's a new or an unheard of creature or a original formation, meaning he is a new, let me get some other definition. Um, It is the act of founding or establishing, the act of creating or creation, the act of uh, creation itself, the thing created. So in other words, when you put these definitions together, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is, what does it say again, is a new creature, is a new creature, is a new creature, okay? So it's very interesting how Paul writes this, and he doesn't use the tone of will become. Uh, He literally uses the word is, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, unheard of, uncommon, novel, original formation or from the original creation of God's intended purpose. What we know is that when God created man in the book of Genesis, he created man in his own image and in his own likeness. This is what the Bible teaches. So the original creation of man was in God's image and likeness. Beautiful. Which means the original man had no sin in him. The original man had the very nature of God in him. The original creation. He was of the dust, made of the dust, made of the earth. God formed that man out of the dust of the earth. He breathed life into him. He became an animated soul or a living soul. He was animated, but he was created in the image and likeness of God. Okay? So he was given the garden to live in. He was given a planet to live on. He was walking with God in the cool of the day. Uh, He had all the trees of the garden, and he had everything he needed for life. And what was God's intended purpose? To be fruitful and multiply. Uh, to produce offspring and to fill the earth with 
these beings that were created in the image and likeness of God. He was warned about sin, and he was told about this tree in the midst of the garden that if you eat of it, you shall surely die, which means dying you shall die. In other words, it was a continuum of death, and that death, we know, happened in several different ways. Number one, physical death came into the human race, which was never intended by God, but it was also a death to that likeness and to that image of God. That very purpose of God was, uh, was killed as well. So the intended purpose and plan of God in the garden was destroyed by death because of sin. The image and likeness in the human being died, and then man physically died. Now, <clears throat> we know that since the death of Adam, the world has been in the condition it's been in. And you could study history. You can go back to the very beginning of time and just see that man's experience on earth as a fallen human creature, a fallen being, that's the condition. Regardless of God giving man his law, regardless of God's covenant with Abraham, with Noah, uh, we can go all the way back to all the different Davidic covenants, okay? Regardless of all of that, even God's holy law, the human condition does not change. The image was lost, the likeness was lost, man still physically died, his human nature was still in control. I mean, even with the laws, he had that human nature. It was there. So now we come to the new covenant, and we have the second man. And again, I'm reading out of 1 Corinthians 15. It talks about the second man from heaven. So the first Adam was born out of the earth. The second Adam, or the first of a new kind of man, Jesus, came down out of heaven as with, with all the attributes of what the first man was without sin. Okay? So here comes Jesus, the Christ. Here comes Christ, the nature of Christ. He's born. He grows up in this world. He puts it on display. He comes to his ministry. He does not sin. He's tempted in every way that men are tempted. But because of that divine nature and the choices that he makes, he does not sin. This is what we know. He was a spotless lamb of God. There was no sin in him. He was tempted in every point as we are tempted, yet without sin. And he had none of the Adamic fallen human nature, even though he took on the form of a servant, servant even though he was made of flesh and blood, and he came here to be a sacrifice of propitiation and to make an atonement for the sins of the whole world. This is what we know. But his nature was undefiled and incorrupt. Now, Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians that if any of you are in Christ, what you need to know, if any of you that are in Christ, you are a new creation. You are actually become the original intent of a divine-natured being. That's what he's saying. I mean, just look at what he says, face value. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. 
what are old things? Old things is the archaeos. That's where we get the archaic in the English, right? The archaeos is literally talking about uh, that has been from the beginning, the original, okay? What has been from the beginning of the fall, okay? The original, the primal, the old ancient, okay? The conditions, the original or primeval, and there is a, uh, a deeper Greek word on the archaeos, is the arche, and the arche, again, is talking about the beginning. And in this setting, it's talking about the commencement, okay? So it's the old commencement, the old beginning, or the beginning of things when they fell into sin. Let's really understand what's being said here, okay? So it's the original, it's the beginning uh, of the old things. So when he says, we have become a new creature, old things, the archaic, old things from the commencement of the fall, so from the fall onward up until the moment we get it, okay, he said those old things are passed away, are passed away. And that, fr that phrase there, are passed away, is the parakomea, all right? And what that means in the Greek, passed away, simply to come near or aside, to approach, arrive, or to go away, perish, okay? To avert, and you get into these other definitions of persons moving forward, okay? Or to pass by. Uh, it's also talking about um, to come near, to come forward. So what this is saying to us again in the Greek, if any person be in Christ, he is or she is a new creation, okay, or new creature, old things, the archaic fallen human nature of Adam, the old nature, old things, are passed away, they're gone, they're perished. Behold, <clears throat> all things for that person that's in Christ are become new. And that word become means to come into existence. It is the Greek word genomia or genomai, and it literally means come into existence. It means to become or come to pass. It means to arise, to appear. It means to be finished. All these great words, right? So what is it actually saying? They are become, again, the word new. Same exact word. They are the kahinos. And that simply means, again, a new kind, an unprecedented, novel, uncommon, unheard of. Just laid a little extensive foundation for what I want to talk about today. So you say, well, you got to take it in context, and we certainly do. As a matter of fact, in verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible tells us, God speaks, wherefore, henceforth. Now, Paul's talking to those new creatures in Christ Jesus. Okay, this is who he's talking to. These are believers who came to faith in Christ. So they are in Christ. They've been translated into Christ. Okay, So he said, from henceforth, 
know we no man after the flesh. Paul was literally telling the church at Corinth from this time forward, we don't know anyone after the flesh. We don't want to know them in their old, archaic ways. We don't know them anymore from the commencement of the fall and what has happened to the human nature. He says, we are to what? Know no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more, again after the flesh. So we are to know him in the spirit. We are to know him in common union. We are to realize that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And so this very difficult passage here where Paul begins this, and and I love this as well, when he goes on into verse 18. So he goes on, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So again, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's become like Jesus Christ. Are they, and old things are passed away. Archaic things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Are become. Okay? Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us. That word reconcile is the katalasso in the Greek. And that word katalasso means to change or to exchange. It means to uh, set at one those who were at variance, okay? Uh, Return to favor with God, to receive one into favor. So through the work of Jesus Christ, he has taken your life because you have been joined to him by faith, okay? And he has removed you from the archaic fallen human nature, and you have been born again and become a new creature. And that new creature is what is reconciled back to God. Because what God originally intended, you are now stepping into the original intent and purpose and plan of God. The old nature cannot fulfill the original intent and purpose of God. The original purpose of God was to create a man in his image and likeness, have them procreate and fill the earth with those who are in his image and likeness. Fallen human nature can never reproduce that. But each individual that comes to Christ and is in Christ, they become this new creature. They are become. And so at the moment of the transition, it is a reality. It is a finished work. It is a reconciliation where the favor of God comes back on that individual who steps out of the archaic fall into what was before that, the original intent. And so you and I, catching up to this in our thinking, in our mind, and by the Holy Spirit of God, if we can believe, if we have faith, if we can go with it, if we understand it, if we can allow the Word of God to direct it, we would begin to understand from that day if we were taught properly that from the moment of that transition, being born again into Christ and Christ coming into us, at that moment, we were to not be known any longer according to the archaic old nature, but we were to be born again with a new nature 
and thus begin to live out of that new nature. Okay? Now, I, I'm not, we're not done yet. We're just kind of rolling here. We're just getting rolling because we're talking about something that has eternal value to it. Eternal value. How do you reckon yourself today? How do you reckon yourself today? Well, you may reckon yourself to be an individual that got born again so many years ago and, and there was a divine touch upon your life and a glorious work of restoration uh, has begun and uh, you began to work out your salvation with fear and trembling and, uh, you know, your mindset is that uh, there are two natures on the inside of you. They're warring against each other. There's a carnal mind. There's a mind of Christ. Uh, we have the old nature and the new nature, and we're making choices and what we're going to do and which one do we live out of. But that's really not what Paul said. That's really not what Paul said. What Paul said, let's go back to it again. What Paul said if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, period. Old things, archaic things from the fall of Adam to that moment of being in Christ, everything is passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's all brand new. From that time forward, you have a new nature. From that time forward, you are no longer corrupt and defiled. From that time forward, you now have a nature that you could live out of in the intended original purpose of God. And because you have allowed for that translation to take place, the favor of God is upon your life because God's original intent for the human race was to bring his favor upon them and that they would fill the earth with the glory of his divine nature that was in them. And so when you're born again, and you realize that, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has taken your sin away, when you wake up to that reality, when that becomes truth to you by your faith, and you step into it knowing that it's not you that has done anything, but it is the will of God to get us back into the original purpose. See, when God started the project at the beginning of time, it was not something to break down and then throw it away and do something different. No, that's why he says that his eternal purpose in Ephesians is in Jesus Christ. And that you and I who have been born again into Jesus Christ have gone on in the eternal purpose of God, which was revealed at the beginning before the fall or the commencement of the archaic fallen nature thing that happened to the world. In other words, he snatched us, he brought us back into the original intent. And it begins with you and I having faith to believe that we are a new creation, a new species, and everything else that would be operating is just operating because we have not come into agreement with God, with what he has performed through the work of his son on our behalf. What God wants to do is to bring you and I back into the original purpose. And he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. But there are millions around the world who are professing a born-again experience that have not yet come back into the original intent because they still insist upon operating out of a nature that has been crucified because they have not, through faith, allowed it to be crucified. 
So the insistence that we normally have is we insist. In other words, there's something in us that is insisting that that work of Christ on the cross is not powerful enough to deliver us from that old fallen nature and to step into the paradigm of I now am in Christ Jesus. I have become a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. In other words, remember, become new means stepping back into the original purpose and intent of God. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about? We're talking about something more potent, more powerful, more eternal than anything else. It's talking about you and I becoming what God has intended, but not in process of time, but in faith. Faith is a very now thing. Faith is right now. Faith is not about process. Faith is not about time. Well, it's going to take me a whole lifetime to process into that new nature. That's not faith. Faith is it's done. Faith is it is complete. Faith is I am a new creature. I have the divine nature. I operate in the original intent. I do. And the old nature that would tempt me is now doing what the devil did to Jesus. The devil, the world, flesh, and devil, he was tempted at every point. He just didn't live out of it. And so the nature of Adam, the world system, the demonic, satanically inspired things that go on, that war against the soul, that come to tempt us, to come to insist that we're not new, that is our warfare. But we don't have to live out of that. We can choose to live out of the divine nature, the new creation that we are in Christ Jesus. And that can happen right now by faith. And again, if we allow the idea that process in time and I will become, process in time, I will become, well, that negates what is already accomplished and done by the work of Christ on the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I desire to walk in newness of life. How many of you desire to walk in newness of life? Well, wouldn't it be a shame that if that was all there, but I couldn't have it now? And do you know that's exactly what religion teaches? You can't have it now. And yet the Bible teaches it is now. It has been for 2,000 years from generation to generation to every person that has ever walked upon the face of the earth that you can walk in the mind of Christ, that you could walk as a new species of mankind, that your old things are passed away. The archaic human sin nature is gone. It's obliterated. That's what the Bible teaches. Religion insists upon keeping human nature alive, thus bringing Christianity down to the low ebb of every other philosophy and religion in the world, which was never intended by God. Every intended purpose of God was to bring the human being out of the fall into the original intent and to commence and move on in the divine nature. That is your reality in mind when faith comes. When faith comes, not time, not process, when faith comes. When faith comes, this mountain of unbelief will be moved out of the way. 
When faith comes, all doubt and fear and, and false understanding and misunderstanding will be gone. When faith comes in what God said, it becomes a reality in our lives. What are we saying? Today, according to your faith, you are a new species. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are now operating through the reconciliation of Jesus Christ under the favor of God because you're back into what God desires for you and I, which is to walk as a fully divine nature, sinless, perfect being after the order and image of Jesus Christ. He is the pattern son. All ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, are to grow us up into the fullness of Christ. And that growing up and into is always going to be by one way, faith. Faith. It's done. You do not have to sin. You do not have to operate out of some nature that you were you 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 adopted it came on you in birth because of their fallen nature thing christ has done dealt with it fully now the mind has a real struggle with this the carnal mind the carnal mind literally struggles to insist that that can't be so the carnal mind will insist upon our own personal experience the carnal mind will insist, even get angry. Listen, I want to tell you a story. When I was in Florida years ago, when we were starting home churches all over the country, we were in a home, and this was a uh, Calvary Chapel uh, ministry, and we were invited to come and speak to them in a home Bible study. So I went there, and I preached this message, and I want to share just a little bit with you. I simply read this message to them. It was really the heartbeat of my ministry at the time. And I began this way in Romans chapter 6. All I did was read. I said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. I read this, and I read everything else, and at the end of it, I simply said, according to the word of God, sin shall not have dominion over our lives. We don't have to sin anymore. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Know you not that the sin nature is dead. I mean, I, all I said was what the Bible said, and there was a man sitting there in that congregation when I preached this message where the anger and the hate of the devil came into him, and he confessed openly, the man wanted to kill me. That human-natured man had been immersed in an understanding that we're always going to sin. He had been taught by his denominational doctrinal structure of things that he was always going to be a sinner and that the grace of God allows him to sin, but there's no consequence for his sin, but the very words that are the best news ever, he got angry about. He got angry that we didn't have to have sin to reign in our moral body. He didn't like the idea that we are dead to sin, that we were to reckon ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God. Something in that human-natured religious man that believed in Jesus, but did not understand the liberty that Christ really brought to him, just believed that, and, and he thought, how dare you tell people they don't have to sin? How dare you tell people that they are to be perfect and sinless? How dare you? His anger was so evident, and again, that spirit of murder was in him. Well, I understood what it was. I understand it very clearly, that there is a mechanism in hu this fallen human nature that does not want this kind of redemption. There's something there that doesn't want to die. There's something there that wants to remain alive. There's something in human nature, human flesh, that fallen human nature, that wants to insist that it must continue to live. But what is that? That is the demonically inspired human nature that is interfering with the intent and purpose of God. And as long as the devil can convince the person that this human nature must continue to live and ridicule perfection and sinlessness, the purpose of God for that individual is impeded upon. They could, there could be no forward progress. They come to an understanding that, well, I'm going to live a sinner my whole life. I'm never going to know what it's like to operate out of the divine nature. I'll never know what it's like to have maturity and perfection and completion. I'll never know what it's like to be free from the sin and the power of sin in my life. I'm going to accept it. I'm always going to have a, 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 a carnal mindset. I'm always going to have a human nature. I'm always going to excuse it, justify it, make it okay, but be okay with going to heaven one day. But that individual can never step into the original intent and purpose of what God had originally intended and what Christ came to reinstate us into. Why did they hate the message? Why did the Calvary Chapel man hate 
the message. Well, if you study the doctrine of Calvary Chapel and the Baptists and all these different kind of doctrines, they all insist that we're never going to be perfect in this life. We are never going to overcome sin in this life. We will always have a human nature in this life. Why? Because it's a doctrine of demons. The true doctrine that produces holiness, the doctrine that elevates, the doctrine that brings out of the power of sin, human nature, that the doctrine that insists put off the old man and put on the new man, people won't even begin to do that when they're having a doctrine that they never can. Why follow the instruction of putting off the old man, putting on the new man, if you never believe you could actually put off the, the old man? Well, you can't put it all off. Who said? Again, it only happens by faith in what Christ has already done. So why is this important? Oh, man, I could, I could bring scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And what we'll find, even though the Bible teaches... We are born again. We have a new nature, partakers of the divine nature. We're a new creation. Sin does not have dominion over our lives. We can operate and function in the fullness of that brand new nature on the inside of us. But what about all these things about growing up and maturing and becoming according to our faith? Everything happens according to our faith. Faith does not mean to need time and process. Faith, even if you're a young individual, recently born again, faith can accelerate you into this promise and you can become right now what the word says. In other words, if you have faith right now, you're going to go through an inspired deep breath. You're going to say, I'm not under the dominion of sin. I don't live out of an old nature. I'm a new creation. I follow the Spirit. I walk in the Spirit. I have the mind of Christ. And if you, by faith, accept that reality, that will be accelerated and energized and will begin to move, and yet it will become a reality. But it's by faith. But when the carnal mind interferes and says it can never be done, that's too much work. What is the work of God that you believe? Jesus, they came to Jesus and said, Lord, what works for us we do? And he says, here's the work of God that you believe. And what is it that you and I are to believe? That what Jesus Christ did on the cross emancipated us from the power of sin, flesh, and devil, brought us into a divine state with the Father to walk in the newness of life, to understand the glory of God, to have our heavens open, our mind renewed by the word of God, being transformed into his image, right? All of these beautiful things right now. But then the angry human beings, the angry religious human beings that are tied into that denominational doctrine of can't do, Christ didn't do, Christ allowed us to be sinful but never did anything to change us in this life, that doctrine gets so angry, but it's not a surprise. In Galatians chapter 4, The children of the flesh persecuted the children of the spirit, just like Ishmael persecuted Isaac. So Paul says those who are of the flesh will always seek to persecute and destroy those who are after the spirit. So the only way that you and I could step into this paradigm 
of being born again, new creation, mind of Christ, operating out of the full functioning ability of that new nature like Jesus, who have been reinstated into the eternal purpose of the original intent, expect warfare. And just because the devil, the flesh, and the world come to tempt us to live like them, we don't have to. And that's what you need to know. You don't have to. Because you have a new nature. You're operating out of a new nature. And I love looking at Jesus. I love when he takes the whip and he cords it and goes through the temple. Man, some people would say, that was angry human nature. No, that was righteous indignation against evil, against people that were supposed to be upholding the house of prayer for God, and they made it a den of thieves. His righteous anger. I love when he contends and he calls the Pharisees, scribes, hypocrites, serpents, vipers, and all these things. I love it when he says, uh, when they say, Lord, you offended them. He says, so what? Let's go. I just, his nature wasn't this, you know, holy glow around his head and a halo when he walked around. Ooh, it wasn't him. That wasn't him. And it was his nature, freedom, liberty, to live for God, liberty to, to produce the glory of God, the holiness of God, the love of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God the fruit of the Spirit. Whatever happened to Christians walking in the Spirit, producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, there are so many that judge everybody else. They criticize everybody else. Well, you're not doing it. Well, you're not doing it. That's not the way you get it done. You get it done by doing it yourself. If you're looking for excuses by pointing fingers at other people, you'll find billions of excuses not to step into what is available And what is available? What Paul said, to be a new creature. Now, why is that important for today? (laughs) I mean, and there's a lot more to this, okay? The regeneration and baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's so much more to talk about. We live right now at the end of the age, okay? And whether this end of the age is for us and we're going to witness the coming of Christ, which I believe potentially we will, And we need to be a bride without spot and wrinkle, getting ready for the Lord for eternal things. This brief moment of the great tribulation that's coming on the earth, where they're going to get people, force people to take a mark of the beast so that their souls will be damned. That's Satan's final attempt to rob human beings out of their eternal inheritance. Okay? See, what he doesn't want you to enjoy is the inheritance that you have right now. And I want you to know something. You, according to the book of Hebrews, are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Romans talks about it. Hebrews talks about it. Galatians talk about us being heirs of God. It goes on everywhere. So we are the heirs of God. And as an heir, that means we have an inheritance. Okay? We have an inheritance. Now, an heir, as long as the one who wrote the will is living, um, there's no inheritance involved, okay? The inheritance comes when the one who wrote the will dies. And Hebrews tells us that the will, the New Testament, okay, the will and testament, the covenant, the promises, um, went into full force when Jesus, the testator, died, So when he died, the full force of the new covenant, will and testament, is available to all who believe, 
who are the heirs and the joint heirs. Now, on this side of eternity, it's a small measure as far as things are concerned. But on this side of eternity, the full force of the inheritance of the divine nature is available. The full force of having no sin conscience is available. The full weight, the full authority, the full power to be born again, to not have to sin anymore, to not have to live out of the human nature anymore, to live in the fullness of the Spirit of God is in full force, or the scriptures would be useless that tell us to put on Christ, put off the old. If that full force of that inheritance was not possible, then why would the scriptures in the new covenant be replete with that understanding? Awake to righteousness and sin not, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Put off the old man, put on the new man, make no provision for the flesh, put on Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Why all those scriptures proclaiming such a reality if it's not possible? It is. That part of our inheritance is now in full force. We're going to be ruling and reigning on the earth. We're getting glorified bodies that can never get sick, busted, or discussed anymore. You see, the inheritance we have is all about the inward reality of a divine nature. Now, what's really awesome is when we start living out of that divine nature, that sinless mindset, that ability to have a clear conscience through the blood of the Lamb, all right? The blood of the Lamb has cleansed our conscience. Go back to Hebrews again. The awesomeness of that is when we operate in it, the physical body actually responds to the divine nature within and is restored. It literally undergoes a restoration, a regeneration, a renewal, like the eagle whose youth is renewed. You and I, walking in the Spirit, allow for the same Spirit to energize ourselves because our DNA structure has changed into the DNA structure of Christ. We have now his DNA structure within us. That's who we really are. We're not a fallen creature. That fallen creature is not what God intended. Okay? So who we really are is in the DNA structure of Christ, which we are in, and he is in us. That DNA is a regenerative power to every cell, every fiber, our blood, every part of us, our organs. Everything is affected by that DNA, by that new blood, by that new creation. And surely our physical bodies undergo a regeneration and a restoration when we step into this anointing, this blessing of being a new species. Now, again, I ask, why is this so important? Who is going to stand when he appears? Who is going to endure to the end of the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth? Who? I'll tell you who. Those who have become like him. 
now. You see, the mind always wants to put this transformation into the future. The human mind can never accept now. It's done. Your sins are forgiven. You are a new creation. You have the mind of Christ. You have been granted permission to put on the new man. The human mind can't fathom that in the now because the human mind cannot do this. Only faith can do this. The human mind can become a contradiction to faith. And everything about this gospel, everything about the word of God, everything about heaven and earth and salvation is by faith. And if we can accept we're going to heaven by faith, then we can accept today I am a new creation in Christ Jesus, which means I have no fear. I'm not offended. I have no pride. I'm not in jealousy and envy and strife and debate and division. I'm not a partaker of any of it. I'm a new creation. I walk in love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and kindness. And now the human satanic angry man says, oh, yeah, well, we'll wait to see if you'll fall. They're never really understanding for themselves what they can walk in. They're always saying, oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. They don't understand that the working out of our salvation is actually allowing it to become reality through our faith. Folks, it's all by faith. And who is going to endure to the end? Those who walk in faith and have put on and have become and walk in the newness of life, in the Holy Spirit, mature, complete, operating like Jesus when he was on the earth, knowing exactly what to do, where to do, how to do, opening the windows of heaven, feeding the multitudes with a few loaves of bread, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils. You know why we're seeing so little of that in our generation? Because our generation succumbed to the bait of Satan through false doctrine that We can't be holy. We can't operate. You see, they tried to get into the gifts of the Spirit without the holiness of God, and it doesn't work. I mean, you'll have some manifestation, but it really is not the purpose. The earlier generations had a more hungry thirst, hunger and thirst for the holiness of God. They believed in righteousness and holiness, and they pursued Christ-likeness. But in our generation, the, the, the Word of God got so diluted They mixed the wine with water. They diluted the potency and the power of the gospel. And everybody just wanted the external things of gifts and all that stuff without the operation of transformation that the true gospel was intended to produce. I mean, miracles are wonderful, but the greatest miracle is the transformation of a fallen human being totally restored into a brand new image and likeness. How? By faith. The carnal mind always off into the future. Process. It's going to take time. Faith, it's done. Right now, it's done. Perfect. Clean. Washed in the blood. No unforgiveness. No book over me. No laws. None of it. Done. Translated into Christ. New creature. All things passed away. All things become new. That's faith right here, right now. Now I could walk today through whatever's going to come my way, and I could have the wisdom, the mind, and I do, the wisdom, 
the mind of Christ to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. How many people are going to fall away in the last days? How many people's love is going to wax cold? How many people are going to be hating one another, betraying one another? Why? It says the many, the majority. Why? Because they're not walking in their covenant right of a new creation. And because they're staying in the old nature, they're going to lose their love, they're going to hate, and they're not, they're not being established in what God has called them to be, not to only become, but to be by faith. Because it says we already are become. We are become. That becoming started in the day that we received, but it doesn't become reality until faith, until we believe. This is, I don't know if this is helping you or not. Uh, it's scriptural. You say, well, what does this have to do with the end times and the last days? I'm telling you. I'm telling you who the 144,000 are, who the overcomers are, who the Church of Philadelphia is that will not be touched by what's coming down the pike, who they are that go into the wilderness and are nourished for three and a half years. I'm telling you who they are. They are those who through faith, are become like Jesus Christ in nature, who are now operating in the full force of wisdom, who are now operating in the full force of spiritual intelligence, who are now operating in fearlessness, who are now operating in love and joy and peace, And how does this all really work? Where's the commencement of this? All this commenced at the cross. And that's why Paul went to the Corinthian church and said, I don't want to know anything about you. I really don't care about all your giftings and hanging from chandeliers and goosebumps. You're praying in tongues and you're doing all this prophecy and all that stuff. He said, I don't want to hear any of it. He said, the only thing I want to know is Christ crucified among you. In other words, I want to see the character. I want to see you put on the divine nature. I want to see you operate in the holiness of the intended nature that God wanted for you from the beginning of time. It's now in you. You got it by being born again. Now operate out of it. It's now in you. How many of you are waiting to be born again? I'm asking you. How many of you are waiting to be born again. Nobody should be waiting to be born again. How many of you are waiting for the Holy Spirit to come into your life? Hopefully nobody. How many of you are waiting for Christ to be in you? Hopefully nobody. You're already born again. You've already received the Holy Spirit. Christ is already in you. So then, how many of you are waiting for something in the future to make you better. Why in the future? How many of you are waiting for that divine seed, that incorruptible word of God by which we're born again? How many of you are waiting for that incorruptible seed to come into you? It's already in you. It's already there. It exists right here, right now. It's there, waiting for you and I, by faith, to begin to operate in it. 
You have an old car in the garage. <clears throat> You've been driving it for 40 years. <clears throat> you get a gift, a brand new car, side by side <clears throat> in your garage. You keep driving the old car, thinking you don't have permission to drive the new car. The old car, so old, has no air conditioning, outside antenna, eight-track cassette. Um, you know, it's old. It's worn out. Brand new, state-of-the-art vehicle as a gift in your garage, brought in there. And somehow, somebody tells you, well, you can't drive the new car now. That's for later. Does that make any spiritual sense at all? It's your car. It's in your garage. Legally, it's a gift. And yet every morning you get up and you, something insists, you got to get in that old car. Well, I don't want to get in this new car. It might get used and dirty. Now, you have a state-of-the-art, brand-new vessel, air conditioning, push of the button, state-of-the-art, a vehicle that's beautiful, clean, fresh. Why won't you just let go of the other one and jump into the new one? Well, that's exactly what God did. He put a brand-new nature on the inside of us. It's there. And he says to you, jump into it. Start operating out of this brand new one. Well, I kind of like the old one. I'm used to the old one. I really don't deserve the new one. I don't, you know, I'm so humble. I just better stay in this low one. Is that what God wants you to do? Stay in your low, fallen human nature because that pleases him? Heck no. He gave you a brand new nature to step into his divine nature, step into it, operate in it, love it, love the freshness, love the cleanness, love the holiness, love it. And the cool thing about that nature, you're not going to wear out the tires on it. You're not going to get it. It's not going to break down. This thing is designed to self-restore itself every day. Every day you drive that car and you put it in the garage. The next day you wake up, it's brand new again. It never grows old. It never wears out. That's in the nature that God gave you. So why would we get up every day and say, oh, I got to live out of this old car? It's unbelief. <clears throat> and unbelief is going to be the cause of the stumbling <clears throat> and the fall of the majority of people that profess Jesus Christ for one reason. They have no faith. A lot of head knowledge, a lot of psychology, a lot of information, but no faith to put on this new species to operate in it. That's the truth. It doesn't need to be worked out in the process of time. The only process and time that's going by is because faith has not yet come to step into what it means to be a new creation 
in Christ Jesus, wherein old things have passed away, and behold, all things are become new. It is a mindset. It emanates out of the spiritual mind of Christ, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, is hostile against God, and will not obey God. This human reasoning mind, so filled with pride, thinks it knows everything. It knows nothing of the deep spiritual truths of God. So what are we saying? Today, step into your new car. Step into that new stereo sound system and let your ears hear something more beautiful than the static of that old sound. Rather than the muffler and all that noise, step into a soundproof car that you turn on the stereo and the sound of heaven comes into your mind. The sound of glory, the sound of beauty, the sound of innocence and holiness, the sound of victory, the sound of joy. It's there. Deliverance, process, working at faith. There's no demon in your soul when you step into that new nature. There's no, there's no demon in that new nature. There's no devil sitting in the passenger seat of the new car. The Holy Spirit is, the comforter, the counselor, the paraclete. In the new car, there is no devil. No trash, no junk, nothing. It's all in the old. And you'll go on through deliverances the rest of your life until you step into the new. By faith, by faith, and for some reason, this conversation angers religious people. It angers them. In other words, today, you are delivered. Today, you are free. Today, You have no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. But faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God, right? But I'm telling you, the only time in process is how much time it's going to take you to believe and me to believe. And for us to step into the realm of faith and believe what God has done is done. And that what he's made available is available. And that we have a legal right to operate in it right now. That is what's going to secure us through the great tribulation. Okay, let's see what happened. I'm going to go back to my screen. Let's see, let's see, let's see. All right, I see Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. Good morning, and good morning to you, Charlotte. Kevin Hauger, good morning. Brenda Torville, good morning. Uh, Terry Shannon, good morning. Brenda Torville, good morning. So good morning to all of you, brothers and sisters. I hope this has been a decent conversation. Uh, Kathy Bruns, thank you. And the body of believers there in Arkansas for your prayers. See you all in September for the Feast of Tabernacles Gathering Love. Praise God, Kathy. We are going to see you. Full recovery in the name of Jesus, because that's your inheritance. All right. Got a couple more good mornings. Diana Blouse, good morning, Pastor. Have a blessed day. So good to be back home. Ken and I look forward to tomorrow. We love and appreciate the ministry. Thank you. We love and appreciate you both as well. All right, Charlotte, gosh, hail Terry. Oops, good morning, Terry. Jody, the watchers arise. Yahweh is now pulling the remnant out of the remnant. Wake up and warn, uh, warn others for the 11th hours at hand. Totally believe. 
Uh, that's Jody right now in Florida. God bless you. Melissa Fletcher, good morning. Thanks for this powerful word standing in the gap with you. Thank you, Pastor Melissa. And I'm so glad you're coming to the Feast of Tabernacles. Miriam Buswell. Oh, wow. I am hearing truth. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's not a process of becoming. It's being. I am new in Christ. I am without sin by faith. Today, I leave the static of wrong doctrine. Hallelujah. You got it. You know what's interesting, though? Very few people are commenting on what we just talked about. I mean, think about it. If I was talking about 100 things I could be talking about, what's going on in the world, and everything, we'd have all kinds of interaction, right? But where's the conversation about what we're talking about? It's that awe-inspiring, isn't it? It's that good. This is the good news. And if one person gets it, it was worth it. It was worth it. Because Papa, Abba, Father, wants us back to what he originally created us to be. He wants us back. His favor's on us. His grace is on us. You know what the real meaning of the Feast of Tabernacles is? Come on. The real true meaning of the Feast of Tabernacles is this kind of people gathered together unto the Father. It's a restoration. It's a calling forth of the tabernacle of God. And it's not made up of a bunch of old human natured people. It is made up of the divine natured holy sons and daughters of God made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from the inside out. The Feast of Tabernacles is new creation species gathering together so that we can always go on and on because we do go from glory to glory from faith to faith, and from strength to strength. We're ever moving on. We're always going forward. Oh, the depth of God. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Why would the clay say to the potter, what are you doing? Let him do what he wants to do. Make you again into his image and likeness. And he's already started the work by what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. I want to see that conversation. I don't see any feedback from this. And yet this is the answer to the great tribulation. This is why we celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. You see, Kevin says the old doesn't want a change that God has given to us. You're right, Kevin. There's something, and it's not just that the old doesn't want it. There's something of a satanic inspiration against it. A religious antagonism to what Jesus Christ did for us. Oh, you know, we, we, we talk about becoming and processing and moving on. To and, and it was all designed for one thing, until faith came, till faith comes, till faith comes, till faith comes. The process ends when faith comes. The time lapse ends when faith comes. It becomes a now. You are no longer a drug addict, an alcoholic, a prostitute, a pimp, a sexually addicted man or woman. You are no longer broken, sick, busted, disgusted, and diseased. I'm telling you, the gospel is that good. You are healed by his stripes. You are brand new. I mean, all these covenant promises that the devil's been trying to keep you out of, making you feel that you don't deserve it, you're not good enough for it, that you can't be it. And I think the greatest thing you could do against the enemy of your soul that has vexed you is step into it and break his 
power once and for all. Deny him. And don't you ever let some theologian, some crafty-tongued person walk in and steal you out of your inheritance and your crown. Don't you ever let that happen again. Walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Walk in the newness of life. Walk in the power of the Spirit. Walk. There's no accusation against you when you walk in this. Oh, the devil tried to accuse you of your past. You don't have one anymore. Just tell him of his future. I'm telling you. You know, the idea that, you know, life is so good, but we're stuck in a human nature. That's not good news. It's not to me. No, the good news is we've been given a brand new car. Ladies, let's put it another way. You've had an old washer and dryer in your laundry room for so long. Even mama had it. That's a generational curse, right? Mama had the old washer and dryer, kept it around. And it shakes, boom, 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 and it wobbles. And it doesn't even really clean that well anymore. And it breaks down. Oh, that washer and dryer. Suddenly, you walk into your laundry room, and it's a big room, and a brand new washer and dryer, brand new, state-of-the-art, the very best. Oh, it gets rid of every stain, spots and wrinkles, eliminated. And you say, look at this brand new washer and dryer. Wow. And you take the clothes and you put it in the old one. I can't use that one. Why? Why can't you use it? Why can't you put the dirty clothes in it? Why can't you enjoy it? Why can't you go, wow? Why? Unbelief. It's a gift. Listen. The new nature is a gift. It was created by God. He created us that way. It's fallen. He restores us to it and it to us. It's a gift. And you're, and people are saying all over the world, religious people too, I can't operate in that gift. I can't receive that gift. I can't walk in that gift. I can't believe that. I can't believe that I could be brand new. I can't believe that my faith in this promise Accelerate me into a brand new life? I, you see, and this is the problem. We're not receiving the gift. Grace is a gift. But what is grace? Oh, the grace of God is so I could sin and have no worry about going to hell. Heck no. That's nothing to do with grace. Grace teaches us denying ungodliness and worldliness, that we should be godly in this world. Grace is the favor of God Grace is the gift of God. What is the gift? The new nature, which is not really new. It's what was original that you and I are going back into. And it looks just like Jesus. And why Satan hates it, I understand. Because Satan wants us to feed off of our past. He wants us to go back into our past. He wants to remember our sin, our abandonment, our rejection, uh, uh, the, the trauma of our past, our, our being disliked, teased, hated. Uh, he wants us to go back to the ugly thing. He just wants us to stay there. He doesn't ever want us to leave that. He wants that to always exist. And what God is saying is, why don't you just step into this new and none of that exists anymore? It's gone. With all the demons, with all the sickness, with all the broken, it's gone. 
Step into the new. Watch what it will do. You'll jump in that car. You'll drive it down the street. You'll be feeling good. And it will change you because of the environment of the new. You put your clothes in the wash machine. The dryer doesn't shake. You can hardly hear it, but it doesn't great. It changes you. You like it. Oh, I hear the rumbling of my old washer and dryer calling to me. And I hear somebody saying, you don't have a right to that new one. You didn't buy that. That's not yours. No, it was a gift. No, you've got to use the old one. Kevin says, Paul says, this to the, says it to the point in Galatians. We have a new man, not an old man, to live by. Without Jesus, we will not have tools to win. Okay. So... Folks, this is how we overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So I wonder, I don't know if we're uh, broadcasting loud and clear on on Omega Radio or Blog Talk Radio. But if we are, Blog Talk Radio is available. Blog Talk Radio is available. See that, that, that sensual, satanic, sensitive nature that, you know, it's almost like, oh, my God, you're, you're saying something that's hurting my feelings. The truth hurts sometimes, doesn't it? The truth really steps on toes sometimes. Sometimes the truth gets right in your face, and it has to. The lines are open. The number to call, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad if you have something you would like to say or share. Again, I note very few comments on this conversation. So what do you say? What do you really say? Let me ask you a question. Do you desire, say it better, do you wish I could just live today in peace, with love, with no scratching feeling, no scratching of conscience. Oh, you didn't do it right. Would you love to live in the newness of life today? It's available to you. All right. Let me get a phone call in here. Praise God. All right, area code 479-321. You are on the air. Welcome to the broadcast. And if somebody on the chat room will let us know if you could hear this individual, please let us know. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Uh, I don't think I'm broadcasting. You are oh, broadcasting. I'm doing fine. Uh, something you were saying today triggered an idea. I just realized I never looked up the word testament. I never looked up the word testament. Have you ever looked up the meaning of that? Yeah, I believe the testament is a covenant. That's Sorry, not coming through. Uh-oh. Okie dokie. Well, whatever, Nick. 
thing is all about. We'll get it worked out one day. Okay, sorry about that. So let's get this back. We need it. All right, well, we have had, uh, let's see, um, a good conversation. I'm excited. I'm watching the numbers are just falling. Boom, 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 boom. We're going, okay, well, well, that's okay. That's okay. We cut cut it in half. We cut our listening audience in half. That's all right. Uh, Right, so I hear Lori Roeder. Are you kidding me? This is the best news ever. Living without sin is all about submitting to God. How easy is that? Faith, faith, faith. Amen, Lori. Uh, Mary Buzzle, I can hear you on Blog Talk, just not the caller's voice. Okay, we missed that. Sorry about that. Um, September 20th, the Feast of Tabernacles. For those of you that will be coming, uh, it looks like we're going to have a wonderful time. We're getting things ready. And understand, it's about a people that are moving in this direction, people that are walking in this truth. And I believe we're going to have a marvelous time. Jody says it's groovy to be holy. Amen. I think so too, Jody. You know, my conversation today was birthed out of a desperation. You know, it wasn't just coming here to teach anybody anything. It was more birthed out of a a desperation of my own walk with God, my own heart, where I am in my journey with the Lord. And I've always believed that regardless of what the truth is, regardless how far away I am from it, if I know the truth, I could always begin to journey towards the truth. And today, I just know in my spirit that it's there. It's here. It's right now. It is. And we can enjoy the benefits of this new creation. We can enjoy it every single step of the way. And just because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, to delay, deceive, and distract, to lie, to try to get, you know, some other thing going, if we get this, when we get this, now that we have this, we're not going back. There's nothing to go back to. I don't want to drive the old car anymore. I don't even want to give it to anybody. I want it to simply go away. I do not have to connect with it mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. I do not have to go to that old life and resonate with it. My whole desire is to resonate with my father's heart, his nature, his love, his truth, is everything. Because this is what he gave to me. He gave me a new nature. He gave me his spirit. He gave me Christ. He gave me mercy. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me everything. And I don't want to deny him what he wants out of the bargain, which is me reconciled to him to walk in what he originally created. That glorifies him. It does not give God any glory to walk in the flesh, to walk in the old nature, to drive that old car and say, look, Lord, I'm driving my old car again. Does this glorify you? And while the new car is sitting in the garage, it doesn't glorify him. What glorifies him, what gives God glory, what gives God glory for what Christ did on the cross is when we step into it. And I, and I have this, this divine knowing. The first time I turn the engine on in that car, the When I sit in that car and I go, wow, this is nice. This is nice. 
and I see the keys been given to me and I put the keys in that ignition and I turn that key and that motor spurs to life. And it's just, wow. I back that car out and I get on that street and I take it to the roads and I'm driving and I'm just, wow. I just know this is the way God wants us to live now. Faith brings us into it. All right, Lord, here's my faith. All right, Lord, you gave it to me. I'm going to step in it. The devil doesn't like it. Flesh nature don't like it. You love it. So my faith is telling me it's there, it's mine, and I'm stepping into it as an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. My suffering on this earth is that the world, the flesh, and the devil, they always want to attack. But I don't, that's not my nature. I'm not of the devil. I'm not of the world. And I'm not of the flesh. I've been given a gift, a new nature to walk in, to step into. I'm going to do it today. And I'm going to keep growing in my faith. And I'm going to see where this experience is going to take me. I can't even begin the journey if I don't get in the car. I got to get in the car. I got to turn the key. I got to give life to it by the Holy Spirit. And I've got to drive it. I've got to go. And where will this new car take me? Where will this new nature take me? Where is this this gift of God going to take me? Into how many levels of experience? Into what kind of depth is this going to take me into? I want to journey. I want to go. I want to adventure and explore and discover all the things that God has for me. And that begins now. Now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Denny Sossaman says, thank you, Pastor, embracing the truth of life evermore, walking in the light, loving the light. Amen. Kathy Brun says, we are heading for the greatest move of God's glory that this world has ever known. We can be on the winning side. Amen. We are the move, Kathy. The greatest move of God's glory is when Christ in us, the hope of glory, will manifest forth to the ends of the earth to believers everywhere around the world. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're it. What we have been given, when we step in and we drive it, we operate in it. Operate in it. Just try it. By faith, operate in the new. See what it feels like. See where it takes you. The rigid rules of Egypt and Babylon. The rigid rules of human nature. The rigid rules of limitation, you know. See where this takes you. This liberty, this freedom, this expression. Don't you want to know? Yeah, well, after I die, I'll figure it out in heaven. No, it's available now. It's available now. It's what's going to bring you through the chaos and the trouble. Probably won't even notice it. Water off a duck's back. Jesus didn't sweat it, man. He did not run around. Oh, the Roman Empire is coming for me. He didn't care. He knew who he was. You know who you are. I'm telling you, it's okay to be prepared. It's part of it. I get it. It's okay to be prepared. It's all right. Praise God. Jesus said, flee to the mountains, right? Preparation's good. Supply is good. You know, he just happened to supply 5,000 people with some bread, fish, whatever, Israel, manna, and quail, whatever. 
but know who you are. Know what God has given you. Know what God has put in your garage or in your laundry room. Know that he's given you brand new clothes. You could wear the old suit. It's got a little odor on it, a little ring around the collar, a little tight around the waist, old-fashioned. You could wear it. But you go to your closet, brand new, state-of-the-art, rich suit or dress hanging up. Which one are you going to put on? You're going to put on the old one or are you going to put on the new one? What are you going to put on? Well, that suit doesn't belong to me. Yes, it does. It was bought for you. You didn't make it. You didn't go buy it with your money, and now you now I could do it because I bought it. No. God bought it. God put it in your closet. God gave it to you, and God says, put it on. I can't wait to see you in it. What pleases God? Faith, Miriam says. Why wouldn't you put on the new one? See, some people think it's works. They think it's, you know, if I don't do it, Okay, well, you didn't do it. You're never going to do it. I didn't do it. I'm never going to do it. God did it when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to the cross to die and to take all that stuff, the old stuff, on himself. Take it away. He gave us something brand new. And we have not been walking in it because we've processed. We've put time limits on it. In the future, the devil did a great job of deceiving us, didn't he? And all along, it's been available. That garage is, that car's been in the garage. That laundry, new, new washer and dryer's been in the laundry room. That new dress and suit's been in the closet all along. And the devil kept saying, you can't put that on. You can't operate in that. You can't put that on. You can't do that now. That's not for you. You didn't buy it. It's not yours. You don't deserve that. You're not good enough for that. That's for the rich people. That's for those. It's not true. And in like manner, he gave us a divine nature. It's in here. It's right here. It's in us. He gave us a divine nature. Step into it. He's even outlined it a little bit. Gave instructions how it works. We have an instruction manual called the Word of God. You have a new car, there's an instruction manual. A new washer and dryer, there's an instruction manual. Yeah, the new dress and everything it tells you a little bit about what fabric it's used. It tells you a little bit how to wash it, how to dry it, whether you should do that or not. There's instructions. We have instructions in the New Testament on how to live in the new nature. That's what this book is all about. Coming out of the old into the new. Knowing it's available. Read it. Read it. It works. It's good. So when I hear these promises and these covenants and this love and this power and this, oh, my gosh. Let's see if I can hear my brother Mark here. If you could just let me know if you're remaining on the broadcast. Hello, Mark. How are you, sir? Good morning, Pastor Vincent. I am well this morning. How are you? Good. I- I'm doing good. I want to know if anybody can hear you out there on on the radio. So I've got to make sure. So what's on your heart today, Brother Mark? Well, you know, I'm just feeling ever so grateful that our church body, those of us who physically attend church where you are the pastor, 
And those of us who are out on the Internet listening in to your broadcast, I'm just ever so grateful that we're being fed the Word of God. Uh, It just makes all the difference in the world. And I say the world as in the differentiation between the kingdom of God and the world that we live in. We're not of the world, but we are in the world. Those of us who have been born again, thank you, Jesus. The thing is, what really grieves me in my heart is how many people today, believers and non-believers, and I think I'm going to speak speak about the non-believers, how many people are living in the deception of the world and who just don't have the time or the inclination or the desire to tune in to the Word of God. And specifically, I want to talk about television just for a moment. I have noticed in my relationships with people that the more television is present in a person's life, the less the Word of God is present. And conversely, the more the Word of God is present in a person's life, the less television is present. I've come to the conclusion, media, meaning radio and television and the majority of what's going on on the Internet, are the works of Satan. Uh, There's just no doubt in my mind about that, and I'm just so ever grateful that as my wife and I move along in our walk with Christ, that we are moving farther and farther away from the popular media. I just, I don't know how to express my gratitude about that. Thank you, God, for putting in our hearts your Holy Spirit that you're calling us toward your word and away from the word, excuse me, away from the world. Thank you, Father. My, my level of gratitude just is huge. You know, honestly, if you look around what you see on the news media and what you see on television, all this reference to the COVID-19 debacle, all the, the pandemic of uh, number of people getting vaccinated and the number of people getting sick and the number of people getting sick, even though they've been vaccinated, you, you can't help but come to the conclusion that there's no truth in any of what's being reported. There's no truth in the, the reports of the news media. The only truth to be found in the world is that light, that column of light, which is the word of God. There is truth in the Bible There is truth in the Word of God, and there is no truth in the popular media. Where am I going with this? I'm going to quote a little bit of scripture here, if you don't mind. Let me put you on speakerphone for a second. Hang on. Can you hear me, Pastor? Yes, I hear you. Okay, excellent. Scripture. I don't hear scriptures, you. I believe. Do you hear me now? Yeah, you're going to have to stay a little closer to the phone, please. Thank you. Okay, is, it, is this a little better? That's very good. Okay. The first scripture I'd like to reference is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Now, that's exactly what we're seeing in our time. 
right here, right now. And the portal of deception clearly is the popular media. The second scripture that I would like to quote is Revelation 18, verse 23, where the Lord states, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were great men of the earth, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. All right, I'm going to take you off speakerphone here. All right, here we are. By thy sorceries were all nations deceived. So what, do we, what does the Lord mean by sorceries? We know that if we search out the word sorceries, it comes back to pharmakia, medication. And if we look a little deeper in our hearts, as directed by the Holy Spirit, we can see that the Lord was warning us about vaccination. I have been convicted by the Holy Spirit since a long time, since several months ago, that the vaccination is going to be revealed as the mark of the beast. The problem here is that when you look at the news media, the news media every day, every minute of the day is encouraging the population to be vaccinated. The news media clearly is driven by Satan. The news media belongs to Satan. One more comment about that. Every now and then you see a little blurb in the news where, you know, employers and Agencies are mandating the vaccination of their employees. And in the fine print, you see, well, we might, offer, we might offer an exemption to those who have a medical problem or those who have a genuine religious objection to being vaccinated. And that phrase, religious objection, is glossed over so quickly what the media is probably never going to tell us is that the vaccine will be seen, will be revealed to be the mark of the beast. There's no doubt in my heart, as told to me by the Holy Spirit. All I can say, sir, is that believers and non-believers take, take heed. Y'all need to study your Bible prophecies, study, excuse me, study the prophecies of the Old Testament and study the book of Revelation, and study the book of Matthew, and look and see what Jesus had to say about pharmakia and the end days. It's all laid out in the Bible, and the more attention that we pay to television, and the more attention that we pay to the popular media, the more deception we are subject to, and the more distraction we are subject to, to take our eyes off of the Word of God. And it's only in the Word of God where we can find, discover, and align ourselves to the truth of what's going on in our society today. That, Pastor, is my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, Brother Mark, very good. We appreciate you sharing. It's a great story. You said some very profound things. And what I loved about the conversation is that, you see, life is real. We have to deal with what's going on in this world. And now that we're stepping into what Christ has given to us, 
It's designed to navigate us and to instruct us on how to deal with these things. So when we talk about the new nature and all of these things we've talked about today, it's not an absence of dealing with things going on around and about us. It is the way to do it. And uh, so thank you for bringing back the, you know, where we are, what we're dealing with, what's really coming down the pike. They're all very real things. It's how we approach them and how we deal with them. Out of the old nature, you're going to get afraid and all that stuff. Out of what God has given us, then we will stand. Thank yes, you so sir. much. I appreciate that call. I've got another call coming in from area code 479-855. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning, Pastor. How are you doing today, sir? Well, good morning to you, Pastor Ken Wagner. How are you, sir? I am blessed. I am blessed. You know, there's an offshoot to realizing that we don't have to sin anymore. And that's what has happened to me. And I think it was a blessing like you can't believe. Every time, and I think this happens to many people, that they move on with the Lord, they're really getting to a place, and then Satan begins to bring back the past and all the different sins that they have done. And it's like saying, oh, woe is me. Look what I've done. How can I ever be a person that never sins anymore? But when you, once you realize that that's just the ploy of the devil to begin to bring you back down, to put him back into his camp, you realize that it doesn't exist that way when you realize that you don't have to sin anymore and that you're forgiven for everything that you've ever done. When you realize that, you can move on like you can't believe, where everything becomes light and truth in God's Word with a new meaning and a new understanding. And the beauty of that particular one is that those sins, things that I've done that way, I can't even bring them back to memory anymore. They're like washed away, thrown away, and they don't exist anymore, and I can just continue to move on with God and do the things that He wants me to go ahead and do because I can believe what you have just taught on this morning. And Pastor Ken, isn't it absolutely amazing that if truth be known, we had this at the very moment available to us when we first believed, but it took all this time for faith to come to allow us to walk in it. And you're so right. The devil always wants to put us back in that old car, that old suit, and use that old washing machine. He always wants to do that. But when we're operating in the new, there's no going back, right? That's what you're saying. You're right. And and when I look at it, when I got that new washing machine on there, boy, everything comes out brilliant, really clean, (laughs) and really like new again. And that's the blessing when we can finally realize that Satan doesn't have that authority over us anymore. Yes, sometimes we step out and do some things we shouldn't have done, but it doesn't stick anymore like it did, like it used to, because we walk in forgiveness. We ask the Lord for forgiveness for what we've done, and we move on and continue to grow and don't fall back into that trap again, because that's what he tries to do, to trap us, to keep us away from the very truth that we just talked about, that you talked about this morning. And now we can move on and begin to do more and more and shine brightly and help others out of the same trap that we have fallen into in the past ourselves. And you know what, Pastor Ken? That is spiritual warfare. That 
is spiritual warfare. Walking in the newness of life drives the enemy nuts. But there's always going to be Pharisees that are going to try to find some point that they can criticize. And one of the big challenges to all of us is we've seen people make mistakes, fail, sin, they haven't arrived, blah, blah, blah. And to, to begin to see them as God sees them is the victory for us. Um, holding people in their past and holding them down and under uh, and always recognizing them in their failure, in their old, uh, is not helpful. And the community of believers, that's why he said we know no man after the flesh. There's a point where in the corporate body of Christ or husbands and wives or family members, we need to begin to recognize the newness that God sees for people and encourage them to walk in that. And I think that would make our fellowship a lot more fruitful, don't you believe? Oh, yes, most definitely, most definitely. But you brought something up just as you began to talk again on here that reminded me, you know, others will try and bring us down. They'll try and point out our insufficiencies, the areas that we're not walking in correctly. Well, I can say now, praise God. Because now I can see it, and I can, I can say thank you for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we've been through that a number of times ourselves in talking, and you've pointed out areas of my life that I needed to go ahead and change. And thank God that you did, because then I can grow. I can accept that now and realize that that's a shortcoming in my life, and I need to begin to go ahead and correct it, and I can now move on. And I can't, that area will no longer begin to affect my life because I have chosen to move on to accept the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ and know that I'm forgiven and not make that same mistake again. That's what it's all about. That's what the walk is, realizing that we can continue to grow no matter what we've done in the past. Once we have truly accepted what, uh, what we have done is wrong, and to begin to move on with Christ in a new way, in a new walk, a new authority, new strength, new power, and he brings us through all of these things. And what you're talking about is the high calling. You see, the higher nature, the higher tone to all of this is that the time comes, when faith comes, that there is no more walking in error. We're not living out of the old anymore. And all, every accusation, I mean, they accused Jesus of all kinds of stuff, but it was all false accusation. They, they, they sought problems, and they contrived a few against him. It was all false. The time comes where we will be walking in the new, driving the new car, all of that, and the old won't be there. It's not there. And this is where the high calling of God is. This is what we've been called to. And we declare that is now, not when, now, in faith. Amen. And praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. God, God bless you, God Pastor bless. Ken. Thanks for the encouragement, my friend. God bless you. All right. Well, I think that's it for us today. We're going to get walking right now. Remember, it's the first of the month. If you would like to support this radio ministry, you can certainly do it by simply going to uh, PayPal, and this is Omega Radio. Uh, you could go to Omega Radio and click the Donate tab. You could uh, go to nwmglobal.org, and you connect there. However you would like to support the ministry uh, through the mail, 
P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas. Uh, your offerings, we spend about $700 a month here just to do this little bit that we're doing. I want to thank everybody that helped Kevin put this new screen back there and the lights and all that good stuff. It's the beginning of a new studio, and wherever God wants to take it, so be it in Jesus' name. So thank you for supporting the ministry financially and with your prayers, and the Lord bless you and keep you through the day. And enjoy that new car, by the way. Enjoy that new suit, that new dress, that new laundry machine and dryer. Enjoy it. You're going to love it. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing, right here on The Watchman. I'm Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries, and once again, thank you. Right now on Omega Radio, omegaradio.org, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a roundtable discussion with Patricia Joy Xavier out of her book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. And if you listen to this message, make sure you write her, encourage her, inspire her, tell her that you're listening. She'll give you all the information right up front. So here it goes, omegaradio.org. Shalom and have a blessed day.